Welcome everybody to the Accounts Payable Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Radford. We will be sharing with you interviews and insights with leading industry experts. We hope you enjoy. Today we're joined by Julia Stovhold, who is the UK Marketing Manager for Documation, one of our premium partners. Julia will be talking us through how change affects the AP departments in the face of automation. We have been compared to minions, incredibles, and even trained chimps. Now, how do we compare to penguins? Over to you, Julia. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you very much. Well, I'm here to talk to you about how change affects the AP department in the face of automation. So let's set the scene. An organisation has decided to automate its AP processes. They've chosen their automation partner, have a team of stakeholders, subject matter experts, IT and finance teams, all ready to implement new systems. But where does that leave the AP team? What's next for them? And how do you prepare your team for this process transformation? The whole team are going to undergo a role rethink and not everyone's going to be happy about it. An organisation we worked with recently had one of the most manual processes we've ever come across. A retail company with an AP team that had developed and followed the most laborious process for matching, posting and approving invoices that culminated in a front sheet of paper, referred by them as an apron, that held all the relevant information for the approval of invoice payments. The invoice, the goods received note, the order and a debit request form that was created for any anomalies. Each invoice contained numerous lines of data, often extended to three or four pages, and the manual checking and cross-checking took up to 45 minutes per invoice. In the face of automation, many of the team were sceptical. Would an automation system handle all the variances, check against all the required documentation and save them time? They were really reluctant to let go of these processes, worried that should it all go wrong, the clean-up process that would follow would just be untenable. They feared that the automation was successful, they would no longer have value within the company, and what would their role be? During one of their first user testing sessions, a team member had their first eureka moment, and we love that. The process transformation had successfully captured the data, provided the three-way match, and presented the invoice for approval for payment, all within a couple of minutes. The next invoice passed through, showed a variance, a query was presented back, and the process transformation continued, all with different types of exceptions, each time being successful. And as each transaction was successful, confidence in the team grew, and this would actually work. And this is all great, but it doesn't deal with the fears of the team. It doesn't deal with the fear of loss of importance and identity within those team members, whose job it's been to manually process those invoices for years. So what are these fears and where do they come from? Well, I recently read a book recommended by Guy Kirkwood of UiPath called Invisible Robots in the Dark of the Night. It was a Forrester research book and it covered the four main areas of work, which were then divided into 12 personas and how each persona would be affected by automation. One of the most poignant quotes I read was 67% of cubicle workers, which they define as workers who perform repetitive, structured tasks in back and front office positions, will see a job change, some of which will become an automation deficit. Forrester used the following metaphor for the rising intelligence of automation. Imagine a building with a different employee persona on each floor. On the lower floors, you have cubicle workers, coordinators. On the middle floors, you have knowledge workers and executives. Meanwhile, outside the building, automation is getting smarter and rising like a slow tide. Each month, the tide rises a little higher as automation improves in two areas, understanding context and handling variability. 
It improves. As it improves, it takes on more and more of the human tasks. Workers on the lower floor might find a toe in the water, then a foot, and then up to their arms. The water rises. Jobs on the lower floors get flooded first. These are the cubicle workers, offshore labour, coordinated, digital outcasts. Jobs on the higher floors are just above the waterline, such as knowledge workers, function-specific workers, such as underwriters or loan officers. They're in this middle group. The top floor workers who are out of reach of the rising tide are the human touch workers whose in-person presence is critical. Workers that perform personal tasks that require human skills such as intuition, empathy and touching will always be safe from the rising water. Many of the fears of these job cuts are based on sensationalism in the headlines. Automation cuts jobs, robots are taking over, but the reality is, based on the research by Forrester, is automation doesn't cut jobs, it increases engagement and productivity. And it should be pointed out that as well as automation deficits, there are automation dividends and gains too. So what are the positives of this automation? Well, firstly, reskilling. I recently read an example of a back office finance worker with limited tech skills having the opportunity to move into the development team and now heads up the RPA Centre of Excellence within the organisation. The bonus of having line workers moving into this area is that they really understand the tasks that are relevant to the business and what part they play in the overall functioning of the company. Obviously, this is an extreme case, but a real one. Development of automation systems such as RPA is no longer just the domain of super techie geeks. It's a reality for the mainstream worker too. Other gains for team members are getting the nice-to-haves done, such as statement recs, maintaining better supplier relationships, enabling early payment discounts, previously unattainable because they never had the time to work on them, analysing bottlenecks from data readily available from the automation dashboards, more rewarding work means happier, more engaged employees. And there are gains for the business too, not just the obvious ones where obviously automation is making things work faster, but it also helps them grow. Because automation can relieve the immediate workload, any growth can be managed by existing teams who understand the business and it needs making its growth smoother and faster, but more managed. Analysis of payments, supplier, purchase orders and other data can help streamline the P2P process and this can now be done by the existing AP team because they're no longer spending hours a day on invoice keying, coding and chasing. So what are the actual fear elements and how do they manifest within the AP team? We'll look at six different elements of the fear of change. Firstly, denial. It'll never work. They won't go ahead with it. It's too big a project. They'll never get the budget approval for it. It's not going to happen. Then you get anger. Why change what works now? It's a waste of our time. Why fix it if it isn't broken? Then you get fear. What if it all goes wrong? How will we recover and get back on track if this doesn't work? Will it actually mean more work, not less? Then you get into the insecurity. What if I don't understand these new systems? Who will be there to help me if I can't do it? What about adequate training? Who will provide it? Will it always be available? And what about my job, if the process automation does all the work? Sense of loss. I used to know how to do my job and I did it well. I was proud of my work, but what now? And loss of identity. I was the process controller. I understood each element of the process. I could pinpoint where an invoice was in its journey at any time. How will I do this now? I'm no longer the go-to invoice tracker person in this organisation. All these fear elements are real and can be addressed as part of the change management process. So as a team leader or manager that's facing change, what can you do? 
The first thing to do is build a team of positive personalities that can help make the change process a smooth and effective one. I was given a book, Our Iceberg is Melting, by John Cotter. He's Professor of Leadership at Harvard Business School, a New York Times best-selling author, and he's a well-known thought leader in the fields of business, leadership and change. The book is actually a children's fable based on a grown-up version called Leading Change. It's about a colony of penguins living on an iceberg and how one penguin, Fred, notices a fundamental change to the structure of their iceberg and has correctly identified that it could break up during the coming winter and the colony would lose their home. There is a leadership structure already established within this colony with different personalities, but this body of penguins are not all in favour of change. The book goes on to describe how the change is needed and identified and understood by some of the key leaders, how they build a sense of urgency and understanding from within the colony and how difficult personalities and barriers they experience along the way and how once the first change was implemented it was essential to continue the mindset of constant evaluation and potential change to iterate the change. So the key personalities within this change management committee were Fred, the penguin that identified the necessary change. Alice, she was on the leadership committee, still connected to the general community, strong-willed but made things happening, a listener and a doer. Buddy, the one everyone liked, everyone's friend, not super bright, but kind with excellent people skills. Lewis, head of the colony, experienced, respected, not easily flustered and smart. Professor, intellectual, well-respected, but not a people person. And the scouts, the penguins that went out looking for new icebergs. And then, of course, you have the barrier people. No, no, a pessimistic rabble-rouser, sceptical even in the face of evidence. So that's all very interesting, but how is that relevant to our situation in the AP? Well, identify who the personalities within your team are that match these penguins and build a team based on their key attributes. Once the team's established, the next stage is communication. So Fred, the person that identified the need for automation. Alice, the AP team leader, could be you. Lewis, head of finance perhaps? The professor, could he be an IT stakeholder? Buddy, a younger member of the team that's full of enthusiasm, has great people skills, but not a lot of confidence and knowledge of how the processes work. A no-no, a long-standing employee who's resistant to change. Once you have your change team in place, you need to put in a plan of action. Here, we're not talking about a plan for implementing the process transformation. That needs to be done with the input of your solution partner, IT department and other stakeholders. This is more about preparing your team for the change. And the key element of this plan is communication. The change team need to make sure they cover the following elements. The vision. What is it you want to achieve with automation? How will the team and department look with this automation in place? Think literally, as well as job roles. Less paper, less filing, less filing cupboards, no more photocopying, more interesting job roles. Then you've got the reality. How will it be once this transformation is in place? What will each person be doing? Make sure each person feels they have a clear, defined job role. The need for buy-in. To ensure that the majority of people are on board, it's essential you have as many positive personalities as possible. Explain to everyone why it's important for each of them to be on board for a successful project. Make sure they feel their input, however small it may seem, is essential for that successful project. Putting it back to penguins, fishing for the scouts was an important part of the colony's job so that when they came back, they didn't have to go out and refish for more food when they were hungry. Make sure that everyone feels that their jobs are important. 
share the timeline of the pa- of the project. Every small win, every gain, when the end goal should be achieved, have huddles, group chats and celebrate the small wins. Remove the barriers. Work with the no-nos. Spend extra time explaining the benefits and make sure they're not influencing ones that are on the fence. And iteration. Make sure the change doesn't stop. After the first stage of automation, encourage all team members to be on the lookout for new and better ways to manage tasks and processes to improve efficiency. Going back to our example of a nervous AP team that was sceptical about the process transformation ever being able to deal with the complex system matching they used. This member of the team that went through the user testing and had their first eureka moment had the realisation that process transformation would work and would take away the mundane, time-consuming element of their role. She wasn't a no-no, more of one of the crowd of doubters, but with the help of the scouts, the Freds and the Alices, she has now become the evangelist of OCR. Her role has now become the go-to person for all OCR queries, setting up new templates, complex problem-solving around all OCR issues. Her self-perceived value remains intact and her actual value to the organisation is now more key than it was before. It allows that organisation to grow and she facilitates that upscaling without the need for new employees. So looking at those fears again and thinking about the communication elements and referencing the stories above, how can you dispel the fears? Well, there will be gains and losses, but if managed properly, you will end up with a more committed, more engaged team. All these fears can be covered with the levels of communication referred to earlier. Denial. It's a planned change. It's going to happen. It's essential for the company you work for to continue to grow. Companies that don't embrace automation will eventually become an automation deficit. Anger. Try and understand this as an element of fear and allay this with extra communication. Explain the vision. Make it real with examples of how much better the office environment can be. Fear. Reassurance, good planning, shared timelines, small wins and huddle groups all help allay fears. Insecurity. Providing clearly defined job roles and responsibilities, training plans and shared goals that you achieve together will help allay any insecurity. Sense of loss. Well, iteration. The requirement of constant re-evaluation of a current process and always looking for improvements. Encourage team members to take ownership of areas of automation and process that's in need of transformation. Sense of loss. Make sure all team members understand that their buying is essential. Without it, the project could falter or even fail. They can have an increased profile within the business by being a key member of the change team, helping no-nos with their doubts and fears. We had an example of an AP team member that found that following an automation project, her profile was accelerated within the company and traits that had previously been hidden under the mounds of mundane tasks rose to the top and she was recognised as a leader and subsequently promoted. Automation increases engagement. So where do you think employee engagement comes from? Well, it comes from a feeling of feeling important within a business, feeling that your work is valuable. Different generations have different perceptions of importance in valuable work. Employees who've been in a role for 10, 20, 30 years are engaged and base importance on having learned good habits, are focused on their jobs, are good at managing their attention and themselves. Newer, younger employees are more likely to get engagement from being tech-driven and open to change, but all these traits are key to the business and all are important. A business needs both types to succeed. So automation will change the landscape of the AP and P2P teams. There will always be people who are change resistors and may never get on board. 
But to balance this, there will be passionate advocates of the change too. And it's important to identify these guys as much as it is the resistors, because the change evangelists are the ones that will always be looking to iterate processes and improve. The roles, tasks and day-to-day work will change. The responsibilities will change. But the world is changing too. And unless the change from transformation and automation can be incorporated, then companies that are rejecting it will be left behind. The overall effect of rejecting change by a company or a person is they will become what Forrester's book calls an automation deficit. So don't become a deficit. Get your team on board. And if you need help, get in touch. Wow, thanks, Julia. What a great analogy and story. I'd be interested from our audience to see what penguin you think you are and you compare to. Leave your comments below. Thanks again to Julia. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Visit our website at ap-association.com for future podcasts and engage with our community in the resource area. Until next time, have a great day.